0: are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. Spoiler alert! No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot, or even possibly the ending, so just be warned. Starship Troopers, which came out in 1997. It was directed by Paul Verhoeven. It stars Casper Van Dien, Dina Meyer, Denise Richards, Jake Busey, Neil Patrick Harris, Clancy Brown, Michael Ironside, Seth Gilliam, and Patrick Muldoon. The genre would be sci-fi, action, satire. Millions of miles from home, we have finally found intelligent life with the courage to contact us. And the will to annihilate us. Get out of here now! We're under attack, so we need retrieval now. From the director of Total Recall and Robocop. you want to live forever? Starship Troopers. Having seen this movie now multiple times, I can't believe that I actually missed something upon recent rewatch. Right at the beginning of the Federal Network broadcast in a segment titled, quote, Why We Fight... We are shown a broad map of the Milky Way galaxy with a mark pointing out where the Klendatu system is as an immediate threat on the right side of the map. And then over on the left side of the map, it shows our system with another dot saying, you are here. I'm guessing to a layman watching this, it's meant to look close as if those dastardly bugs are just across the bright middle of the galaxy and right on our doorstep and not millions of miles away. I mean, right off the bat, Paul Verhoeven is dishing out sight gags about war propaganda, and it's obvious where this film is headed. Starship Troopers is Verhoeven's big-budget FU satire out-to-savage 20th-century militarism or fascism, while also entertaining you with loads of kick-ass war action between the cast of Melrose Place and CGI Insects. Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Does it nail its target? Pretty much. Does it entertain? Indubitably. Does all of it gel together to sustain its two-plus-hour runtime? Well, not completely. Going for full-on satire, Verhoeven assembled a cast of highly attractive, vacuous actors playing highly attractive vacuous characters most if not all of whom we aren't supposed to be upset watching get brutalized by bugs and the movie gets quite gory i remember the cast of this movie getting a lot of shit at the time of release as most of the major actors were actually alumni of melrose place or Beverly hills 90210 which were big shows on fox at the time 35 percent on the math final no one can be that dumb with numbers well at least you didn't lose your lunch over a bug uh who cares about bugs you can't go anywhere if you don't know math. Don't be so sure. I like you, even if you are done with numbers. Why won't you kiss me when we're at school? I don't want people to see. You had Van Dean playing Johnny Rico, Denise Richards playing Carmen Ibanez, Dina Meyer, Dizzy Flores, Neil Patrick Harris. They're all playing basic types with barely any personality nor emotion. But that's not the fault of the actors. They're basically playing the roles as they were written. The problem is that it leaves the film without anyone really engaging to follow. In retrospect, I still feel like casting it this way was Verhoeven's biggest miscalculation, and why this film left so many cold upon release. When it came out, it didn't actually make that much money, and the reviews are pretty bad. Up until this point, before Starship Troopers, each of his major Hollywood productions at least had one star or charismatic presence at the center of all that lunacy to make it all palatable. Now, whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. You are not you. You You're me. No shit. I mean, you had Peter Weller in Robocop, Schwarzenegger in Total Recall, Sharon Stone in previous episode Basic Instinct. And hell, for what it's worth, (laughs) it's not a good movie, it's not a good performance, but Elizabeth Berkley played a legit, batshit protagonist in Showgirls. Now, nobody would have objectively called her performance good, but you still couldn't look away. Starship Troopers does have some fun side characters, played by the always-reliable Clancy Brown and Michael Ironside as the gruff squad leader Lieutenant Rashid. Put your hand on that wall! the enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand but they're a small part of the story we're still spending most of our time with rico carmen and dizzy and hey while they look good shooting up bugs and or flying starships they're pretty bland for the most part but that said, I still really enjoy this film. And it's always a fun rewatch. This is for all you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Do you get me? We Welcome to the Roughnecks. Rico's Roughnecks! And now the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Because music is essential to film. One safe bet you can always make on Paul Verhoeven is that when he's directing a genre picture like this, it's going to feature an iconic score. And after composing the score for RoboCop ten years earlier, Basil Polidoris returned to work with Verhoeven for Starship Troopers. And he did not disappoint. The music for this film is muscular. So much that you would be forgiven to think that everything you're watching is being played straight. As the warfare with the bugs escalates throughout the movie, we begin to hear a rousing, driving horn theme develop. And it just sounds all the more aggressive with furious strings running under it, along with military-sounding snare drums. This is music for war. Or at least for a war parade and never more so than during a key sequence just past the halfway mark when our eponymous starship troopers are about to land on the alien planet Klandatu for the first wave of their ground attack. This is the score at its most bombastic, as we see our troops being deployed in dropships with plasma fire from the bugs on the ground flaring up all around them. From a visual perspective, it's truly impressive, featuring a convincing combination of model work and CGI to portray a high volume of shuttles just kind of slowly landing and all the craziness around them. And the music just makes it that much better. The track is, of course, called Clindatu Drop. Oh, and a special shout-out to a fantastic, time-specific needle drop, featured not within the movie, sadly, although I wish it had been, but was actually used for American TV spots and overseas trailers for this movie when it came out in 1997. London's own Blur. They were one of the leading acts of the mid-'90s Britpop movement, along with being one of my personal favorite bands at the time. Blur released their self-titled fifth album this year, which included one shamelessly catchy, fast-paced rocker known as Song 2. It's the second track on the album. You heard it over the trailer featured at the beginning of this episode, and stay tuned at the end for just a bit more. This song just rocks. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Edward Niemeyer wrote the screenplay for Starship Troopers, which is a very loose adaptation of Robert Heinlein's military science fiction novel from 1959 of the same name. Now, Niemeyer had previously collaborated with Verhoeven a few years prior on previous episode RoboCop, which was based on an original concept that he had worked up with Verhoeven. With Troopers being an adaptation, though, Niemeyer clearly had a more difficult task this time around, as this was also a much bigger movie, which was much more based upon spectacle. And what results is a very loose adaptation of Heinlein's overall story, but with one key similarity... Heinlein's novel plays this entire story very straight. At the time of the book's release, Heinlein was even accused of writing full-on fascist propaganda. And 95% of the dialogue in the movie is also very straight. And therein lies the rub. With the focus of this being a satire, there was nothing, or at least very little, on the page to give these characters more nuance or depth. Now, this is a really tricky one, as this screenplay and the previously mentioned casting might have been exactly... What the director Verhoeven was going for. It's hard to completely blame Niemeyer for this film's shortcomings, but at the end of the day, I still feel that his screenplay misses that mark just a bit. The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the or moment that best describes this movie. Now, amidst roughly 130 minutes of probably non-stop trailer moments, there is one moment from one sequence which blows me away just for the sheer spectacle of it. And this would be roughly two-thirds of the way through the movie, as several of our protagonists have ventured to Outpost 29 on the Bug Planet in response to a distress call. What they find is a mostly abandoned outpost with just one freaked-out officer hiding, surrounded by loads of dismembered corpses of soldiers. Because guess what? It's a trap. Yeah, apparently these bugs are smarter than they thought as a sizable army of arachnids are headed their way, with Rico and crew only numbering about a dozen in a barely fortified fort which probably won't protect them for very long. So we watch our crew load up their weapons and gather up on the outer posts of this metal fort as Ironside's Rassic barks out some inspiring words, sort of, (laughs) and suddenly those arachnids start swarming in massive numbers from behind the nearby mountains. Warm it all up! Everything you've got! Come on, you hate! You wanna live forever? It's a pretty impressive display of computer-generated imagery just for how diverse this group of bugs looks, and also for just how well-rendered this is in stark daylight, no less. But that's not even the true money shot. No, after our heroes have mowed down several dozen bugs and they're starting to pile up just outside the fort, it even looks like the humans might be getting the upper hand in this battle. But then, a few arachnids start to breach over the wall, and just after this small group of bugs has been dispensed within the fort by non-stop gunfire... We then see Ironside, Rassic, peer his head back over the wall. And what he sees? (laughs) Wow. An even denser army of bugs swarming in from every direction, with a deafening rumbling coming from underneath. Rassic just kind of wipes his mouth and gives a look as if to say, yeah, it's over. So he orders everybody to fall back. And who could blame him? This massive second wave of arachnids, it's a pretty awe-inspiring sight. And I would have to even say pretty groundbreaking in retrospect. I mean, this was actually a few years before the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out. And just in that first movie, Fellowship of the Rings, there was a lot of hype about these groundbreaking special effects coming from this software called Massive, created by the WIDA Workshop which was Peter Jackson's effects house in New Zealand. I mean, Fellowship won Oscars for this. What we saw was pretty impressive. These large armies of orcs fighting large armies of humans, usually at night. And on the big screen, it looked pretty great. And it deservedly did win those Oscars. And it was pretty groundbreaking. But I have to say, in comparison, this army of arachnids in this sequence, four years prior, it looks even more convincing. And fittingly, this brings me to the next category. Which would be the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. The one aspect of Starship Troopers, which is aged even better than the satire, which I would say is aged pretty well, would be the visual effects, which basically ensure that this film always entertains, even if you don't quite grasp the satire involved. Even though this movie came out 25 years ago, the effects still hold up and major props to visual effects supervisor Phil Tippett and crew, the Tippett Studios, for creating such an eye-popping array of distinctive insect-like creatures through a combination of -of state-of-the-art CGI and also some impressive large-scale mechanical rigs. These bugs inhabit the screen alongside humans in a convincing manner which really has not been equaled since, at least related to bugs, probably with a possible exception of District 9, but that was on a much smaller scale, that movie. Truly next-level stuff that I would consider on par with the visual effects from Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park from that same era. And it's a shame that it never really got the same level of awards recognition as those other films. Now, it was nominated for Best Visual Effects this year, but I just have one word for why it lost that year. Titanic. Regardless, there are just so many interesting insects to choose from. And if I'm being honest, these actually are the most interesting characters in the movie. You've got the savagely armed, multiple-armed, literally, warrior bugs, otherwise known as the arachnids. You've got that extremely goopy brain bug with the bizarrely vaginal mouth. Yeah, we all kind of noticed it in theaters. It was kind of (laughs) strange. But my personal favorite has always been the intimidating and heavily armored ground assault beetles, otherwise known as tanker bugs. These things are fierce. And look out for that corrosive fluid spewing out of their mouths when it's headed your way. For crafting an impressive array of distinct creatures which help to truly sell Verhoeven's future war vision, Phil Tippett and crew are your MVPs. My rating for Starship Troopers would be three and a half stars out of five. (laughs) 25 years after it first came out, the legacy of this film has certainly grown, and I could see why. Post-Iraq War, Freedom Fries, Patriot Act, Trump, COVID denials. This biting portrayal of a fascist society feels even more prescient in retrospect. Now, do I consider it to be Verhoeven's best? Well, not quite on the masterpiece level of RoboCop nor his underrated Dutch World War II thriller, Black Book, which would come out 10 years after this. But still overall, Starship Troopers is a blast to revisit. And if you're looking to watch Starship Troopers, it's currently streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And that ends another Rico's Roughnecks review. Special shout out to my lovely wife, Marlene Gershon, for producing this podcast, and to my lovely daughter, Ella Gershon, for assisting in the editing. Please like, subscribe and share the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. I got my head down when I was young. It's not my problem.